0: Hi, I'm Margie Nomura and welcome to another episode of our side dish, The Dream Dinner Party. This is the mini episode where we invite a guest to tell us all about their dream dinner party. The only rule is that they're only allowed to invite four guests, but they can be anyone they like, they can be dead or alive. And it's four guests really, because I think personally five people is the optimum number for a really great dinner party. They're also going to be talking us through their dream dinner party menu. What are they gonna be serving to these guests? We have a returning guest view this week in the form of Julius Roberts, Julius is a cook, farmer, and gardener, and he was actually on Desert Island Dishes a few years ago, maybe 80 months ago, as I think. I was just weeks away from having a baby, and so much has happened to him in that time. If you haven't listened to his full episode yet, then do make sure you go back and have a listen because it really is a goodie. He has since starred in his very own television show which followed his life on the farm and it's full of delicious recipes and he's recently announced his debut cookbook. It's going to be called The Farm Table and it's being heralded as the cookbook of the year. It's available to pre-order and I'm going to pop all the details in the show notes. This is a lovely episode. I do hope you enjoy.
1: I love dinner parties as a cook. It's one of the great, things that you like to do because sharing food is what cooking is all about. I grew up in one of those families where the kitchen was very much the heart of our home. It's where we spent all of our time since I was a kid. And it's where we, you know, introduced our friends, to our parents, talked about love, cried, argued, you know, all those important things growing up in relationships. And so for me, cooking for people and the conversation that comes with that is one of my favourite things.
0: Mm. Do you get to throw them very often? I
1: think we do. You know, I'm very kind of family orientated person, still live and work with my family a lot. And we tend to have, you know, a whole host of you know, Dorset, locals, neighbours, friends coming through. Um, And, you know, I've got a garden full of produce, grow a lot of my own food, so everyone's always dying to come and eat it and share it and enjoy it. I was going to say that. Do you
0: feel like possibly people are intimidated to ask you back to their dinner party?
1: People are definitely weird about um, (laughs) cooking for cooks, which is a mistake because cooks love food. And there's nothing better than being cooked for. So I actually think they're great people to cook mm. for and people should worry about it less. I think
0: cooks are actually the least judgmental and they're just actually very happy to not be cooking and it's just a treat. Isn't or washing it? up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so Julius, welcome to your dream dinner party. Please can we start by talking about your guest list? Who are you going to invite mm. to the dream dinner party?
1: So I it, I it definitely took me some time to work this out. I, I kind of thought about heroes epic people from history that I would have obviously never got to meet like Genghis Khan or something like that. But actually what I've gone for is more people that will mix really well Mm. together. And for me, I've kind of chosen people who have similar interests to just create a great vibe around the table and have some fascinating stories. So I've gone for David Attenborough, obviously living legend, nature lover, has done some extraordinary traveling. I bet you he has got one million stories and is also just like my granny, you know, like a lovely old person who's yeah. <laughs> so sweet and charming. <laughs> then I've gone for Stanley Tucci. One, because I want him to make us the drinks. Yes. Two, because he's got to be one of the most like convivial, lovely, enigmatic people to have around the table. I love his cooking, his shows, his attitudes towards food. Um, I think he'd be a glue that holds it all together. Um, I've gone for Rachel Roddy, who is another amazing cook. Uh, she lives in Italy, which I've always wanted to do. That's always been a bit of a dream of mine. Um, but I particularly love the way she writes and thinks about food. I think the way she's able to kind of talk about it and, you know, her prosy kind of cookbooks, I literally have on my bedside table and read them at night. Um, and then lastly, I've gone for Irvin Yalom, who is this American, uh, existential psychiatrist, which sounds a bit like wiffy waffy, but he is the most extraordinary writer who writes about his um, therapy and philosophy in such an incredible way. You know, it's quite a dense subject, but the way he writes about it, it's like stories. He's got these amazing books kind of detailing his most fascinating cases. He takes someone like Nietzsche, who I couldn't even bear to think of reading, and will use the story of Nietzsche as a kind of metaphor to describe his philosophy and break it down for someone who wouldn't have a clue where they were going. And I think, you know, he's just got a mind like a hammer be fascinating to sit next to and kind of pick you apart and talk about the mind and the world
0: my goodness what a mix of people I completely agree with you about um David Attenborough is like the nation's grandpa and he seems like such a nice man but imagine if he wasn't and he was really grumpy in real life
1: I can't believe (laughs) that he's so kind of polite and sweet yeah Um, David would never and I'd love to ask him you know you, you always get the sort of quite uh well-behaved front obviously we've seen a David but I bet he's got some amazing stories where things went wrong that's what I'd be picking
0: yeah for. I bet he's got a really wicked sense of
1: humor as well <laughs> yeah.
0: so in terms of the seating plan who do you think you're going to sit next to
1: there's only a few of us so I think it would be one of those tables where we're kind of just all opposites and you know I quite want it just to be a very free-flowing you know, no one's like stuck with that person on their left. It's just you're all talking to the middle and anyone can sit you know, I can imagine it being a bit of a riot.
0: I think this this dinner party really does need to happen. It sounds so good. It's possible. Everyone's well, right. Exactly. You've chosen very well. Yeah. And um, so Rachel, yeah. she lives in Rome. Is she coming over to mm. yours for the dinner party? Or where are you going to host?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely hosting at home. Let's say it's this time of year. You'd be mad to not eat outside. I'd quite like to We're just before about to cut hay on the farm, so all the meadows are, you know, up to your waist, thick with flowers, butterflies, bees. I'd quite like to lay a table out in one of the fields, you know, have a little barbecue going on the side. Um, Maybe the sheep and my goats around and just eat outside under the stars kind of vibe That sounds amazing. (laughs) When
0: it comes to planning a dinner party, are you very organised? Will you start thinking about the menu weeks in advance or do you kind of go with the flow and see how you're feeling nearer to the time?
1: I'm pretty go with the flow. I'd be using, you know, homegrown stuff um, ideally. So it's just what was looking good in the garden that day. But I'm definitely someone who is quite messy and quite a chaotic cook. So I would be quite organised on the day, I think, just to make it go smoothly. Okay. What, just so that you can do a bit of tidying up before they get Yeah, I just have those kind of dishes where one could be going as the starter's ready. You know, just have it all timed quite nicely so I'm not, you know, making chaos and flames in the kitchen at the same time. You
0: don't want to be stressing before Stanley Tucci arrives. (laughs)
1: No, No, exactly.
0: Exactly. For a dinner party in general, what time do you tend to ask people for and what time does that actually mean you want them to arrive? Because those two things can be quite different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm quite loose on that kind of thing i'm i'm the guy who's always late Are for sure. you? Yeah, i'm always chaos when i try to leave the house yeah because i've got you know i've got goats i've got dogs i've got chickens you know the amount of times i've been jumping in the car and the dogs escaped or a fox is chasing the chickens or my Billy goats got in with the girls you know that is me so <laughs> that's um, the
0: old uh, the, everyone can turn up when they that's like that's the old and um, the dog ate my homework excuse julius
1: yeah you know my car broke down on the way to the wedding. <laughs> this, that the other. I'm that guy, but okay, it usually is true
0: so but when it comes to cooking, you'll be on you'll be on time. I reckon
1: the main is always a bit late. you know you get into the flow of the drinks and you've had the starters, and then you sort of forget to have put that in. I reckon the main will be late, but everything else will be fine. pudding's already made okay perfect. Um, did you yeah. say
0: what time you wanted people to arrive?
1: no I think you know let's say like 6 37 because I want to enjoy the fact that it's still light you know that's what's so lovely about our English summer start outside kind of sun setting golden hour watch it set night comes dream
0: so nice okay so once everyone's arrived what are you going to serve them in terms of drinks
1: so I'm putting Stanley to work straight away he's obviously the king of the Negroni I actually am not a huge fan of Negroni so I'd ask a margarita and I just kind of let everyone have their favorite drink made by the man himself
0: yeah why not and to go with his amazing cocktails um are you going to do a canapé like how does the evening start yeah
1: definitely I always do um pis mm. which is this caramelized you, you cook down onions for about 15-20 minutes until they're really lovely and melting brown spread that over puff, puff pastry and you do a crisscross of salted anchovies on top and put black olives in the middle and bake it. And it's this kind of salty, sweet, crispy, unctuous mouthful that always goes down the storm. And it's so easy to make. So
0: good. I feel like you don't come across that that often. We used to make it in the restaurant that I worked in, but I feel like more people
1: should know about it. That's the thing. I put it in my book because it's the easiest thing ever. Always impressive, mm. everyone. And the worst cook could make it perfectly you know we should all be making it all the time it's so good that's the
0: ideal dish isn't it something that's it is the worst cook could make and it would be perfect
1: (laughs) all you have to do is cook some onions yeah you can't mess that up
0: (laughs) (laughs) um okay well that sounds brilliant so everyone's settled in it's time to sit down at the table what are you serving as a starter
1: Mm. so starter um we're right in the beginning of tomato season i've got jaw-dropping tomatoes coming out of the polytunnel that are just, like, they blow your mind. Um, So I'm doing pan con tomate. Couldn't be easier. Just grate the tomatoes onto some lovely crispy toast rubbed with garlic. But on top, grilling some sardines on the fire and you have a bit of salsa verde. And it's just Mm. unreal. You've got kind of smoky, fishy, easy mouthfuls. Oh, it's so good. Really cold glass of white wine you know, haven't.
0: that sounds amazing. Okay, and then moving on to the main course, what are they going to have for a main course, even if it is slightly delayed?
1: Yeah, so main is already in the oven. We're relaxing. Um, I'm doing slow roast pork shoulder. But instead of going for like crispy skin, which is what people always aim for with pork, I'm going for like wet and braised pork shoulder. So you've got wine in there, stock, onions, fennel, lemon, bay, all these lovely things. And you get this more like jelly-ish pork shoulder that is so juicy and just you finish it with some lemons some capers and you have this kind of amazing gravy, thin slices of shoulder that are just melting heaven. Um, roast new potatoes with garlic, rosemary can be easier to do from the garden. And then Swiss chard, which has become my new favorite vegetable that I think everyone's sleeping on. Um, you just boil the stalks for a, a few minutes. You want them to still stay crunchy and you've got this kind of irony, unbelievable crunch, just olive oil and lemon. I've fallen in love with them. I could eat a whole bowl just for lunch of Swiss chard store. That
0: sounds incredible. Yeah. Is everyone still drinking very chilled wine at this point?
1: Well, I know I'd go on to like a really lovely mellow glass of red, mm. quite light, not too fruity, sort of sweet, but like with that bold winey flavour. Yeah. want something earthy to go with that. Out
0: of those guests, who would you be the most intimidated to cook for? Would it be Rachel?
1: Yeah, I reckon, you know, she is a pretty flabbergasting chef. She's a very uncomplicated, kind of unfussy chef. Her food is simple, which is what I love about it. But um, I definitely want to impress her, for sure.
0: Do you ever have that moment where you've made something and you're all sitting down, but you have to taste it before they've tasted it. So you just have a really quick bite just to check and then you know that it's okay. Do you ever do that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, my worst thing is when, you know, people have this plate put down in front of them and they just ignore it and (gasps) carry on chatting. You've got to eat it hot, get in there straight away. So, yeah, I'm, I'm straight in just to like you want to encourage everyone else to start eating straight away as well. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But, you know, I've been tasting it and cooking it for hours. So, I'm uh, you know, I've done my work.
0: OK, well, how are we going to follow this? What, what are you going to serve for pudding?
1: So for pudding, I kind of envision like it's got a bit cold now. We've been sitting, you know, the fire's been like flickering away. The stars are out. Um, everyone's getting a little bit, um, you know, in the mood, let's say, vivacious. <laughs> and we come back inside, like into the like farm. Um, we're on the like sofa sitting around the fire. Some people are kind of leaning against the sofa and we have the pudding in there and I've gone for tiramisu. For me, it's just my, it's my favorite pudding ever. It's so easy to make. You can have it done the day before. It's a pick me up. You've got the coffee, you've got the brandy. Um, and I just love it. It always goes down a treat.
0: I reckon Stanley knows how to make a good tiramisu as well.
1: I I think he probably does. Yeah. But I, I think it's one of my best dishes. I'd, I'd, I'd have faith.
0: Do you have a secret? I mean, it is simple, but do you ha- everyone has a slight variation in how they do it.
1: I believe in, I can't stand it when a tiramisu isn't wet enough. I agree that it shouldn't be kind of soupy on the plate, but I want like those biscuits to be properly soaked in coffee and booze and like have a decent hit of booze to it too. That's my belief.
0: Mm, sounds delicious. So everyone's inside... Around the fire, on the sofas, they've eaten pudding. What happens next at your dream dinner party?
1: So, afterwards, um, when we were young, Christmas and my granny's, we used to play this, these two games. One is the cereal box game, you know, where you have to bend over and pick it up off the floor without using your hands at all. <laughs> and you have to get lower and lower and lower. You keep tearing off a bit of the box. Like, imagine David Attenborough and Stanley Tucci playing the cereal oh box.
0: Oh, we got it has to happen. So that,
1: that kind of gets everyone in the mood, the jokes are happening. What about Irvin? You know, Isn't flowing. Irvin
0: in his nineties?
1: Irvin is yeah, he definitely <laughs> is. But
0: <laughs> I think he'd be up I can imagine
1: him it. sort of being a bit wise in the corner and like giggling away. But then the second game, which is the more fruity one, we called it the potato game. Um, and you, you basically get a baking potato, <laughs> put a hole through it and tie it to your waist with a string so it's like dangling between your legs. And then you have another baking potato and you you have to swing and gyrate <laughs> your hips to get the pendulum potato going and you race the floor potato across the room and back oh. and people's strings get tangled <laughs> and everyone's kind of like gyrating away it's such
0: a what thing. so you're knocking that, the that potato the on the floor almost like a like a croquet mallet but it's attached yeah, to Yeah exactly
1: it. you're kind of playing football with your potato but <laughs> using a swinging potato between your legs to hit it and it's so funny honestly like my childhood was my granny drunk at Christmas swinging her potato um, against my grandfather and you know your strings get tangled people are tripping over you know your potato goes under the sofa and you can't get it out it's classic
0: Julius I'm just thinking like this could be a great TV show you invite yeah. famous guests on and they all have to compete against each other Play with the, the potato, potato game. game. Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to watch that? That would be
1: great. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, let's trademark that before this episode goes out, just in case anyone else thinks that's a really good idea. Yeah, stamp it. At your dream dinner party, what's the ideal way that the party ends? Are you an early bird? Do you get to a point where you would just quite like everyone to go home or is it carrying on into the small hours?
1: I think like midnight's always a good cutoff, isn't it? You've kind of hit the hit the clock. You've gone for it. Everyone's had a great time, but you're not going to be regretting it the next mm, day.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, just wants to gently kind of calm down. We sit back on the sofas after the game, last few final chats, and then, you know, someone's got to go. David's obviously staying upstairs because we're going to walk around the farm in the morning.
0: Yes. Oh my God, David's having yeah. a
1: sleepover. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Love it. I uh, mean, maybe too because we have some little breakfast therapy session. Um, I mean, everyone's welcome, but I've definitely got to walk the farm with David.
0: And I think I know the answer to this, but are you the type of person that has to get everything tidied the night before?
1: Or are you very much
0: a (laughs) put it off till tomorrow kind of person?
1: No way, Jose. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like messy kitchen, plates to the ceiling, deal with it in the morning or, or even the next afternoon. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Morning might be optimistic. The dogs can
1: lift the plates. That's, that's as good as we're getting. <laughs>
0: um, and of all of those people, who do you think you'd be most likely to stay in touch with in real life? Well,
1: I mean, hopefully all of them, yeah. frankly. You know, I love them all. I mean, obviously, it'd be epic to be friends with Stanley Tucci, but but he's very busy. Yeah, he's maybe busy. maybe like secretly, Irvin for just some gentle wisdom and therapy over the years. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can see that. You could have therapy yeah. via Zoom.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if no one's read his books, I've got to say they are extraordinary. I can recommend
0: them. Yeah, more. I have to say I haven't come across him before, but I'm definitely going to check him out after what you said.
1: And it's prose, you know, it's stories. It, it's so readable. I've read a lot of them twice just because they're damn good reads. And he's done kind of dramatic novels as well, using therapy as the subject, but, you know, totally fictional and hysterical mm. about, you know, therapist-patient relationships and all that goes on in that world.
0: I mean, it's the same as when you have... A friend who's had therapy like you can learn so much from their learnings Like you don't actually have to exactly. directly have therapy yourself that yeah, sounds really good thanks
1: julia pleasure thank you so much i uh, it's been a nice dinner party to dream about
0: thank you so much for letting us hear your dream dinner party
1: absolute pleasure
0: so there we have it julius's dream dinner party is over the food has been eaten the guests have gone home I do hope you enjoyed today's episode and make sure you're subscribed to catch all future episodes of The Dream Dinner Party and Desert Island Dishes. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.